Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast. Hope you are keeping well and safe. And welcome to another week. This is episode 160. It's a big week this one. We're going to skip the news. We're going to skip all the mic zeros and all that jazz. We're diving straight into straight into Obi-Wan Kenobi now that the finale has aired. We've all watched it probably multiple times. And we're just going to kick straight into it because... We've spoken about it for the last six weeks. We've mentioned it. It's been boiling under the surface. <laughs> Obi-Wan, no, no, no. We'll talk about that in the review. All right, cool. Next, next news item. What about this Obi-Wan thing? No, 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 no. Put that in the box. We'll come back to that in a few weeks. So we're finally here, which is cool. So I know that you guys have watched it multiple times. And thank you so much to all of you that have got in contact with your thoughts and mini reviews and so on. We'll get to those later. And uh, But before we actually dive into the review proper... My name's Gary, I'm one of your hosts, as always here at Spark Rebellion, and joining me, he's not on holiday this week, which is good, he's back in the Falcon, it's the, uh, it's the little Jawa that's currently tinkering around, doing some stuff on his little computer, his little mini-mark, how you doing dude? What do you mean mini-mark? Because you're Jawa sized, aren't you? Little mini, little <sighs> mini dude, little brown, little brown robes and everything. <sighs> Fine. Yeah, no, I'm all right, mate. What, and I, I am actually away from tomorrow as well for a, a weekend. So throwing shade at that. Be like that if you want. <laughs> Anyone would think you work for a living and don't deserve the time off. I know hey. how he works. <laughs> throwing shade. I love that. Just straight away. Normally there's a bit of bants. Anyone that's listened to SOR for a while, there's a bit of bants, but not this week. It's just like shade at that. Not happy. Not having it. <laughs> You're not having it this week. Oh, well, dude. Tired of it. Now you know how I feel. Get Multiple out. episodes out of each month. No, like one a month, no. you're nice to me. No, Otherwise, no, yeah. no. Yeah. So, dude, how many times have you watched um, these episodes from Obi-Wan? Because I think I've only watched episodes three and four once. The other ones, I've watched them at least twice. Or have you just single, single, single watched them? I've only single watched them because um, I want to sort of binge it all together again. And because, you know, I know we'll get to this, but I think it's one of those that will sort of be better all watched together. I think mm. we'll get to some of the, we'll get to some of that because there has been some criticism, which is, you know, yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, so I've sort of saved it for that reason. I want to watch it all together again in, as one tale, if you like. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we're still fresh off it. We're still very fresh off it. Indeed. Very fresh. Indeedy, man. Yeah, it's going to be good. So, uh, and lastly, before we uh, get to uh, our review, which is going to be kind of uh, top level, I would say, for this week, because we haven't got time, because, you know, our podcast length runtime is usually around 45 minutes-ish, sometimes up to an hour, sometimes hour and 10, if we're feeling fruity. Different but normally, different times. Yeah. <laughs> Put yourself in that. Be dead within a day. Or an hour, or more. Saturday. <laughs> Before we get onto that stuff, it's going to be top level because we're going to be here for hours otherwise, and it's going to get to an hour and 20, and you guys are going to be like, come on, Jesus, don't he go on? Listen to him. So we're going to uh, deep dive into that over the next few weeks, I would say. 
and uh, and go into the deets. So this one will be a bit top level. But before we start reviewing, just want to say a big thanks, a big heads up to our patrons. Thank you very much, guys, for your continued support. It's lovely to have you on board and supporting us as always. And if you want to get involved and support SOI, you can do that over on our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon. And there's some uh, different tiers there, $1 and upwards. We would love your support. It uh, keeps the lights on, so to speak, around SOR Towers. And uh, if you want to follow us on the socials, we're on Twitter and Instagram. So that's sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Twitter and forward slash Instagram. We chat Star Wars throughout the week, so come and get involved over there. And make sure you are following or subscribing to this podcast on your preferred podcast app. So you won't miss an ep when it lands every Saturday. Saturday. Right, dude, let's crack into this. Let's do it. So let's do, um, before we dive into some of the best, let's pick out some of the best bits from each episode and a little bit of criticism if there are any. But overall, dude, how do you think this went down as a series, a little sort of mini six-parter series overall? I want to get your thoughts on that first. It went down like an awkward erection at work. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> that is uh, n- never before, <laughs> never before have I heard words come out of somebody's mouth that just so much experience in someone's words. Good. <laughs> You're welcome. And I knew we could all relate to that. Um, the reason that I say that is because you were really, really fucking glad that it was happening. <laughs> but you were sort of relieved. You were like, oh, f- oh, this is absolutely wonderful. This is absolutely wonderful, right? But you sort of, you sort of just had to persist with it in the early days. And then the end's just fucking brilliant. And that, sir, is my review. That's uh, that's um, yeah. Well, I I don't know how to top that. That's that's bang on. I would say. Oh. Uh, Good. That's and that's that's free <laughs> radio times and empire. If you're listening, God, use that as your headline. Free. Yeah, use that. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay. You. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I thought it was. I thought they. They nailed this, buddy, to be fair, because, yeah, they nailed it. And um, I wouldn't say it was a mega risk for them to do this, right? Because if you're going to throw Ewan McGregor into something as Obi-Wan and you're bringing Hayden back as Vader, the chances of fucking it up are slim. They are slim. So this one had, it was kind of out of the traps nice and quick anyway, before we even got to the end of the series. However, there was a slight risk to it because there's always that danger that, uh, like we had with The Force Awakens, where you have the, the characters coming back very much uh, a strong, you know, a much-loved characters like Luke and, every, you know, all coming back into the, into the movies after decades. And you would kind of go along the same lines to a degree. You think, well, they can't really screw this up. You know, this is Luke, Mark Hamill's back. But alas, you know... You can screw it up to a degree. So anyway, it wasn't completely risk-free. So it was a bit of pressure on there, but bloody lo- honestly, dude, I won't use your words again, but it was uh, 
yeah when we got to the when i got to the end of uh, episode six and i just sat there and i was just like shit that was uh that was a ride so i can imagine this is perfect binge length as you were saying like episodes one to six lazy afternoon few hours to yourself um this is going to be awesome so yeah i think they nailed it man i think more importantly i think they really gave us an insight into uh a very believable storyline that happened um in the run-up to a new hope so the empire is building you know the emperor's stamped his his mark across the galaxy the empire's building vader is very much in control it seems it's a very different vibe than what we had to vader in a new hope where he was sort of second fiddle to the moths and was just there in the background to a degree but very much in charge doing his thing you know holding neil's hand you know doing all that and um yeah it, it was just really good to see um the storyline be a believable because they could have gone to like a thousand different planets. They could have done loads more stupid stuff with the force. Like we had in the force awakens. They could have done all of that shit just for the sake of doing cool stuff in star Wars, but they didn't, they kept it low key and just focused on the character progression and that, that lovely insight into that little window. Because um, one of the things that is kind of weird whenever you watch anything that's prequely is that you already know what's going to happen with the characters. See, there's not much, threat there as an example when reva's sort of stalking the homestead and she's after luke and um owen and baru are sort of you know they're in defensive mode you know that they're not going to be killed you know nothing's going to happen because we see them later on so you know the ending if that makes sense um but it's still it still was a lovely insight into that little window of time and to see that on the screen so yes dude i thought they they nailed it and loved the, the character progression and that whole all the books that we've read around that time period, around the prequels, all of the times we've dived back into the prequels and we've watched um, uh, Obi-Wan and, and, and Anakin really do their thing. This is now just another another little piece of the puzzle that fits really lovely into all of that stuff. So, yes, loved it. Let's go back to episode one then, buddy. Um, kicking off the series. It was a little bit... Um, it was a little bit of a, a sort of typical setup episode, I would say. Um, if you, I don't know if you'd agree with that, but they didn't blow their stack too early. This was like, okay, we're catching up with Obi-Wan. Haven't seen him in years. He's just doing this. He's trying to keep his nut down. Doesn't want to get found out by the Inquisitors, etc. Um, so two thoughts on this one for me then, dude. Just want to get your thoughts on it as well. What do you think to Obi-Wan at that point? And also, did you like how they brought the Inquisitors over from Rebels? Because I know you've started to watch Rebels recently. Did you like how they handled that? Picking them up, dropping him, dropping them in here. And how they sort of coalesced as we went through the um, the series. Yeah, I think to the Inquisitor point to start with, I think when you watch Rebels, uh, the first time it's like you're sort of your first exposure to them, usually, like very often. They, they sort of show up in Fallen Order and in uh, the, the Ahsoka book. But for a lot of people, it's much more mainstream in Rebels, so I liked the crossover with them. And I think it just shows that, you know, this is like a 20-year just a 20-year hunt for all the Jedi. You know, there's 10,000 Jedi knocking about. Of course, there was going to be more of them, you know, that, 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 that escaped. So I think it was nice to drop them in at this time frame, get the Grand Inquisitor in. I wasn't, didn't really care whether or not he looked like he did in Rebels because, you know, no one looks like Ralph McQuarrie draws. It's just not how life works. Like, just biology doesn't work like that. So all that, I thought all that complaining was stupid. Um, so I liked that. Um, I, I liked the way that it was um, 
it sort of just looked relentless. It was like, this is your only job, Inquisitors. Like, doesn't matter how long it takes. Like, we just got to do this. Um, and we've this is this is it. It's what you do. It's your only job, you know. And 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 alongside that, round up the the force sensitive kids and so on um, that we know about from other things. Um, to Obi Wan, yeah, I liked the characterization in this because it, uh, we'll get this. We'll get to this at the end. But you didn't know what element of his emotional state was the thing causing him to be so dejected and down. You knew it was because of what happened with Anakin, but you didn't know that it is it because he's lost? Is it because the Jedi Order's gone? Is it because he's lost all his friends? He's lost all his family? Obviously all centred around Anakin, but is is that because of the guilt? Is it because of the, the way that um, it all played out? The loss of like the Padme and so on? And it, you didn't know whether it was the guilt element of it or the keeping hidden or just the dejection from just losing and having to do what it did with Anakin. So you... you you didn't know whether it was guilt or something else until much later. So I liked that. You know, he was just so, he was just so basic. It was just not interested. I'm not very good anymore. I'm out. All I've got to do is make sure that kid is all right. And of course he's going to be all right because no one's going to come around here. So I can sort of turn myself off from the force a little bit. Be all right. You know, I need to keep hidden. No one's, and even if someone does come around that I'm pretty alright at fighting without the force I'll probably be able to sort it so there was it was I, I, I really liked it you know that dejection and I think it, it had a better effect later when he wasn't that person when he when the switch was flicked um, so yeah I liked it man I thought it was very well done um, and was just sort of what I expected I think you know, I think if you look at some of the complaints about oh, it's the pacing's off, yeah, the pacing is a little bit slow, but I think I think when you binge it and you watch things again, the pacing becomes a little bit better because you're watching essentially a five, six hour movie. You're not, you know, it's not how cry I've just done 45 minutes of something that I didn't, I didn't predict was going to happen. So I hate it, you know? So mm. it's, it's, yeah, I liked him and I liked what they did with those two. Um, what about you? How did you, how did you feel about, I suppose this stretches to episode one and episode two to a degree, but um, how did you, how did you feel about where we found the character? Yeah, I, I, I really liked how they, how they picked up on, on Obi-Wan's, like you said, his dejection and just, he, he's just settled now, hasn't he? He's just come to the realisation that, uh, and they tried to pull him out of it quite early as well, because there's a, there's a scene where another Jedi runs into him, right? A, a Jedi called Nari, and he's begging for his help. He's like, "Look, I didn't realize there were any other Jedi around. We have to band together. We can still fight back." And that would have been really, really easy and a bit sloppy to, at the very beginning, have Obi Wan be like, "Yeah, you're right. Let's get the band back together. Let's go and you know whip some ass." But they didn't. They sort of. Um, it restricted you from wanting to feel that way for him, if that makes sense. Because you, as a viewer, were like, yes, just go and grab your lightsaber. It's time to get the A-team, cue the music, and away we go. But that just would have been too easy. So, um, And then they really hit home later on in that episode where he goes back into town and he sees Nari's body just hanging from the, from whatever. And you think, is that going to tip him over? He's like, oh, no, you didn't. You know, I'm not having you killing any more Jedi. But even that doesn't. So... Yeah, I just love that whole um, 
conversation as well with Nari where it's like, look, love your enthusiasm, but we lost. The game's over. Just go and hide. It's done. You know, it's all done. And it was heartbreaking in a in a way because um, you kind of, that's just such a, uh, the polar opposite to his character that we see in the movies and some of the books where he's just, he's one of the most influential Jedi. He's one of the dudes that rallied them all around and people, you know, that's why that relationship is so explosive, I guess, with Anakin because he has so much um, enthusiasm and so much a, a quiet and confidence, I would say. He's not one of the kind of crazy Mace Windu type Jedi, obviously, that we all know. He's got that sort of quiet confidence about him. But yeah, you just would have assumed that that whole thing with Nari would have done it. So yeah, and pacing wise, I, I didn't mind it at all, mate, because when we were, when we reviewed the book of Boba Fett, we complained about that a few times around it feels a little bit paddy here and there, it's a bit filler, it's a bit slow. But I'd really like this because it had a new hope feel to it. So the first third of a new hope is kind of like this, where it's just, you know, they would cut to some jowers and nothing really is going on, then to the homestead, you know, and, you know, stuff's really not kicking off as yet. And it had that feel to it, that first episode, and especially the second half of episode two. Uh, so let's move on to episode two, because we had an interesting character that we were introduced to there. He was this um, uh, uh, Haja Estri, who's this uh, fake Jedi, you know, his families are coming to him. He's like, look, I'm a Jedi, right? I can help you, you know, sling me a few beans. He's got all the tricks, he's got the magnets and all that shit, and it's it's pretty funny. But he actually turns out to be an all right character in the end. He comes a bit of, you know, he's a bit of a sleazebag, a bit of a fraud to begin with. And of course, Obi-Wan sees through him straight away, but he was a cool character. And then the other thing about um, episode two that was cool is that we really start to kick off the relationship with Obi-Wan and the young Leia. So that was very cool. That was a very cool um, way that those two started their sort of mini adventure together, I suppose, because it does cap off at the end of the series. But um, yeah, just very much... uh, uh, You see the strength in Leia. You know, they didn't do their whole... You know, she's a damsel in distress. Even at that young age, she's badass Leia, which was great. And that was a really good way for Obi-Wan to sort of be, you know, taken aback by that. It's like, she's not just a little kid that needs rescuing. She's got her own mind and she's strong. So a couple of cool things from episode two there, dude. What do you think to that one, the second one? Yeah, I liked that. I, I, and I liked the idea. I mean, it was a shock that Leia was the 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 the, the catalyst we, we thought it might be. We said that in an earlier episode, but we didn't realise, I don't think any of us realised it would be so early and so major. Um, and I loved the idea of Reva, you know, being the one to get Flea on the case, you know, slap at a base. Wrong. Slap at a little girl <laughs> into the back of the van. Go ahead, Flea. Get him in there. <laughs> and uh, just to see that Reva had, 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 had I mean, we, it was great to see Jimmy Smith and Bail Organa and see Alderaan, you know, this kind of Naboo-esque sort of, Utopia it was brilliant to see that, and for Reva to, to 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 pick up on that relationship with Bail Organa, and for that to be so well considered, because that's the thing that happens in Rogue One. It's it's the friendship still there, and for her to realise that that's probably the thing that'll get him out of hiding. Just take this guy's daughter, not realising that it's Anakin's daughter, because. I think obviously we'll get to episode three, episode four, you know, but I think that the, the, the position of the Jedi in episode one was there to purely show that it doesn't matter what the hell happened, Yoda could turn up and it just be like, nah, mate, we lost. 
That's mm-hmm. it. You know, it was that was I think designed to show just how far away from the Obi Wan that we knew he'd become because of of everything that had gone on, and 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 it was that was there to show that this wasn't the Obi Wan we knew, and for the catalyst to be Leia and him to just be like, oh shit, yeah, you know, fuck, okay, I can't like I can't not because it wasn't just that it was Bale's kid which would have maybe maybe been enough but probably not because of the jedi thing but you just know he's doing that for the memory in his mind of anakin you know it's it's that's why he's doing it because like, you know you just because you would because that's what you would do um so i really liked that idea and i think as that progressed through episode three and and and, and you know we'll get to that in a, in a bit but it was clear that the only thing that would turn Obi-Wan back on to being Obi-Wan was just these kids, you know? And there was a really mm. pivotal scene, I think in episode four. Yeah. Episode four, I want to say where you just knew he was just getting back to being Obi-Wan, you know, we, we, we and it was only a small little detail of how he presented himself with his lightsaber and walked into the room, took some people down did a little twirl and you're like, right, that's fucking, that's his back. Like he's not just got that out because it's the only way to stop these people. It's that's, that's him being comfortable as the Jedi. And it was because of the kids. It was the only reason as we saw later in, in episode six. So I really like how they did that. You know, sure. There was a couple of things wrong with it. The stupidly slow chase scene. Like anyone could have caught Leia with that one. That was ridiculous. Um, but the story beats and the way that it was delivered, I thought was really good. And this sort of progression for Obi-Wan, as you said, this kind of character prog- progression, it started to ramp up um, at this point. You know, and we, we saw that new planet. We got the big reveal at the end about, you know, Obi-Wan is alive. At which point you knew Reva was screwed. You knew the second that, I mean, we all clocked Order 66 at the beginning of the episode. We all knew that, we all knew what Reva's story was. That was no surprise. And I'm all right with that. Didn't need to be a surprise. We weren't there for that. Well, we weren't, that, the, that twist was not the intention of the series. That was just to further the story. And so when Anakin, when, when, when everyone found out that it was Anakin, you could just it was you could just see the shock on his face, and they're like, "Oh my word, what have I done?" And it was, you can almost imagine all the thoughts going through his head, like, "Christ, okay." Number one, I've got a chance to sort this guilt out that I've been living with. It became a lot clearer that actually this story is about, this entire story is about guilt. Okay, I can probably sort that out because he's hunting my ass. Like, we're screwed. I'm going to have to sort it. You know, I've got to see him. That's it. But it's even more important now that these kids get looked after and he can never, ever know anything about them. Um, So you could just start to see that, him getting switched on just a little bit more, and that progressed through. So I, episode two, I thought was great. Um, and, and, and the way that it was presented was, I thought it was very, very interesting. Um, against that drop shadow of like, here's what the Empire are up to. You know, Vader's pretty merciless. The Inquisitors are pretty merciless. Like the, the galaxy is in, it's, a, it's in dire straits, you know, but actually some people are all right with it because they're earning a living. And so there was that undercurrent, that subtext as well, uh, which I thought was done really well. Um, Mm-hmm. And and just, yeah, I thought it was good, man. I thought it was I thought it was very interesting how they presented all that. Um, and I don't think I don't think it was slow at all. I think it was I think it had every story element that you needed to have. 
episode two did. Yeah, for sure. And what did you think when you first saw Hayden in the flesh at the end? That's the first time we saw Hayden as Vader in the back to tank at the end of episode two. You know, when his eyes, you know, when uh, Kenobi comes to the realization that shit, he's alive. Then you see it cuts to Vader in his back to tank, his eyes open. And that's the, that's the, for a lot of people, I think that's the moment where it's like, now it's going to go down. Because I think, was I don't know about you, but I got the feeling that Vader was unsure whether Obi-Wan was alive or not, um, and and vice versa. So I think Vader was like, you know, was, was Obi-Wan killed during Order 66? Was he not? And then from Obi-Wan's point of view, he was like, well, he must be dead because I left him to, you know, char-grilled barbecue beef burgers on the side of Mustafar. So it's it's like, did... You know, do they, don't they? But then that realisation when they both, I guess they both glance into the force, I suppose, and they get that feedback and it's like, shit. Uh, I know for me anyway, that was like, yeah, it's uh, it's about to go down. So that was cool. And just quickly, Reva, um, did, did you think that she, the way that she is and her attitude sort of mirrored how Anakin was when he was coming up through the ranks of the Jedi? He was very much, a, felt like an oddball a little bit and wasn't accepted like all the other Jedi was onto the council and things like that. Reaver's got that same thing where the Inquisitors kind of have their little order and their little hierarchy and stuff, but she seems to be an outsider almost. And there's that friction between her and all the others in, uh, other Inquisitors. So I really got that mirror image between her and, mm-hmm. and Anakin. I don't know about you, but... Yeah, yeah same. The, the anger, the, the, the kind of contempt mm-hmm. for everything. And also that... that, that, that um need to get close to Vader as we know later on for, to take him down it's not about being grand inquisitor or any of that so it's just getting getting close to him and I think just the way that that was you're right it was delivered with, with such vigour and such ferocity um, that it was just anything anything goes to get this thing done um, so yeah I agree man I agree I think that was by design and I think it was I think it was well put together yes yeah and that was good. Uh, zip into episode three then. So we see a bit more of Vader in this one. And he's uh, he's got his supervisor hat on. He's like, Reva, look, it's great that you know that Obi-Wan's alive. All good. Now I need you to go and get him. You're like, you know, you've talked the talk. And if you do it, there's an extra 500 quid a year in it for you. Yeah. A little bit more responsibility. Yeah. So she goes off and, you know, she does all that. And, uh, that was really when we saw Vader or Anakin, whatever. Actually, no. Let's wait and let's wait for that until episodes when we come on to that quickly. But at the moment, let's just say Anakin or Vader, and um, he's just being badass. So throughout the the episode, it's around mainly around Obi Wan and Tala. Those two sort of bond and they sort of crack on, and they know that they have to get Leia off this planet. But you know, it's all been locked down and stuff. So she, because she was a she was an imperial officer, so she's still got all the garbs and everything, and she's she's defected over, and she's helping Obi-Wan and stuff. But in the background, you've got the Inquisitors are still pushing forward, but now Vader's on the case as well, and there's that great scene where he's walking down this uh, market street, I think, whatever, and he's just, like, dragging people out, choke, you know, choking them, using the Force, going nuts, and he's trying to to coax Obi-Wan out. He's like, you know, he, he'll probably reveal himself soon, which goes back to what the Grand Inquisitor was saying at the very start of the series, wasn't it? In that, in that little bar there, he was like, 
essentially the Jedi are piss easy to find because all you've got to do is just press the right buttons. You know, you start threatening people, they'll reveal themselves. Job done. It's easy. And uh, so that one was a real, part three to me was a real eye-opener into, uh, as you said, Obi-Wan kind of getting back into the swing of it a little bit, but still not fully committing at that point. He's he's still, I've got a job to do with Leia, that's it. I'm not about to jump into my whole, uh, you know, general days and light swim, lightsaber swinging days and stuff and throwing down with Vader at this point. And um, so that, that sort of bubbles underneath the surface. And, um, but then it all goes to, you know, the typical sort of mid-series fashion, it all goes to shit. You know, Leia's captured by Reva. She's back off to... um the Inquisitor uh, headquarters, whatever it's called, Inquisitorus, something. And uh, and that's it. And you think the game's up. You think that's it. Leia's done for. But obviously we know that's a different case. But uh, So I found that part three, again, not exactly filler or paddy, but it did provide us with a couple of good scenes that, again, dived into Obi-Wan's mind a little bit and about how he feels about Vader at this point anyway. So part three, dude. Yeah, that for me was like the middle bit of Rocky Three. You know, it had to happen. He had to be humbled a little bit, you know. He oh, he gets to, his ass kicked by his missus. Yeah. He had, to, he had to go through that. Bit. And it, I think it showed, you know, Vader was mega powerful throughout all of this, which we know, which made episode what happened in episode six even better. And for Obi-Wan to be rusty with a lightsaber, still not really using the force. I think that was the big difference. You know, he was, he was, he, he was wielding the lightsaber, but he, he didn't do really anything much else with the force. To get dragged through the fire, you know, that symmetry between Anakin on Mustafar and what he did to Obi-Wan and um, the way that Vader was relentless, but then sort of disappointed, like his Darth Vader, he could walk through fires, he'd be pretty fine, you know, he could have got him, <laughs> he could have gone for him. And I think he was just, that's no fight, you know, I don't want that, I want him to I want to prove that, and I think we've got this in the next episode or the one after, but, you know, I want to prove that I'm better. I don't want to be a subpar Obi-Wan. I want mm. him to fight me and to and me to win. And we saw that later, obviously. Um, so I think it was interesting to see that because I think it re- revealed a lot about Vader and, and, and the way that he, again, it wasn't really said, but the subtext of just him Want it, always wanting to prove himself, you know, which has always been Anakin's downfall, as we know, and and and, and was articulated in this. Um, I think that was brought to the fore here because it was nah. If he's nah, we'll just leave him, you know, just because he's nothing, he's not even a threat, you know. I've, he's sort of, pff, nah, unless he's going to stand up and fight, I'm not really interested. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting, you know, and had it not been for Leia getting kidnapped by Reva, um it would have the story would have probably ended there because i reckon vader would have got that way he's nothing doesn't matter he's dead you know so i quite liked that um and as you said typical mid-season sort of quote-unquote finale if you like it was right okay here's the inciting incident that then restarts that upward trajectory um which is what we got. So I was, I was impressed as well. Just moving on to episode four, literally opening with a shot that it was pretty much the same shot as Luke in the back to tank. It was framed exactly the same way. It, everyone was like, "Oh, it's like Boba Fett is in the back tank." No, no, no. That the intent was Luke. <laughs> mm-hmm. The exact same framing. 
on that entire shot. Um, and then just, I think for epi- episode four, dude, I think just it opening with him just getting out of the bat to tank and that was like the switch is on. He's like, right, where's Leia? Right, well, mm-hmm. she's in this Inquisitorius. Cool, right, I'm off. Let me in. I'm go- I'll be all right. I'll get in. I'll get in. And, you know, put that against what it was like in episode one and episode two. Like, I'm fucking going nowhere near that. No chance. <laughs> but because of the slight bond that he built with Leia, but also the fact that he's seen Anakin and he realizes that Anakin is closer than ever to Leia. And especially when you would assume that Reaver's probably clocked that Leia's pushing back with a force without Leia even knowing, you know, sort of um, shadowing what's to come with Rey in the future with, with Kylo Ren and, you know, and or Ben Solo. It was, it was, it was interesting to see that because he was just out of the tank. He's like, right, I've got to sort this. I have got, I'm off. It doesn't matter whether anyone, and then for him, I think then, is it Loken or Roken, that, that, that leader guy and, you know, f- 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 the, the sort of little rebel, quote-unquote rebel cell that's not quite a rebellion yet. You know, there are all these fractured cells at the minute. For him to go, yo, General, what's, you know, what's the deal? I think that it was just sort of a, right, okay, don't really have much choice now. I'm amongst these people. They see me as this. This thing is in jeopardy. I don't really have much choice. You know, there's no point keeping myself turned off from the force now because Anakin knows, mm-hmm. you know, I've got to just do it. I've got to, got to sort it. So I thought it was really good. And I do get why a lot of people had a bit of consternation with this episode. It felt like that episode of the Mandalorian when they had to go and do that breakout uh, on that ship. Felt a little bit slow. It felt a little bit filler, but for me it wasn't. It was that little chapter that was, and that's where he did the little lightsaber twirl. You know, that scene where he takes those two stormtroopers out is, <laughs> beautifully late really well done and um, I think that's why it's so important because it showed the consequences of the war it showed the consequences of being part of a rebel cell it, but it turned Obi-Wan back on you know it turned him back on um, which mm-hmm. then started that upward trajectory so yeah I thought episode 4 was interesting man um, and, you know, the obvious oh we've placed a tracker like wait a second course we have <laughs> Easy Tiger, obviously. Um, <laughs> but it, it had to happen. I don't see how that chapter could have gone down any differently and it, it served the whole story, you know? So, yeah, what about you? How do you feel about episode four, dude? Yeah, so episode four was... Um, going back to part three just really quickly when... Uh, sorry, in episode four, after Leia has been captured by Reaver and she's back at Fortress Inquisitoris, Inquisitorius, um, there's a bit of foreshadowing here that is actually plays out really nice in some extended stuff. So I needed one of those little bell sound effects. It's like one of the, it's like number 1,230th time I've mentioned the radio plays, the old radio dramas. But when Leia's getting really drilled by Reaver, there's a bit of foreshadowing there because in the, in the radio drama, there's a scene where at the beginning of A New Hope, when Leia gets captured by Vader and she gets taken to one of the prisoner cells on the, star destroyer in the film you don't really see anything she's just captured and then they turn up and rescue her and off they go but in the radio play there's this whole scene where vader goes into the cell with one of the um uh, the little torture droids and stuff and it lasts for about five minutes where he's properly going to town on it really trying to get information about the rebel plans and the death star plans and all that stuff and he afterwards he says her she doesn't know it but her resistance via the force is substantial 
and she doesn't know that she's so strong with the force at that point so even now as a kid when reavers like and you said she might not even know it yet but she's got this kind of mental force field that's preventing like because she there is a bit isn't there where she in this episode where she you think she's going to break down and tell reaver stuff but it's a bit of a play and she's just yeah don't worry um you know obi-wan's going to turn up and, and kick your ass it's all good um so i love that that's part of it it's like another little interconnectivity from you know, some other story that uh, is just awesome, a bit of foreshadowing. But this, to me, felt like a James Bond film, episode four. This, to me, was the, right, okay, we need to infiltrate the bad dude's lair. <laughs> you know, we need to be a bit sneaky. Almost the same as when they infiltrate the Death Star in The New Hope. Obi-Wan goes off to deactivate the tractor beam. The others go off to re- rescue Leia. So as Obi-Wan's sort of sneaking around all the corridors and stuff like that, this was very, very similar to that. So he's sneaking around the corridors, the stormtroopers are knocking around, he's hiding away. And it really felt like like Enter the Dragon almost, or a, or an old James Bond film where there's a bit of sneaking around. So I really like this episode, dude. And what was very cool um, to me was um, we'd kind of already seen this play out in the video game, um, Jedi Fallen Order. That, I think it's the last or the last two levels as Cal Kestis. You actually infiltrate this exact same base and you're doing a very similar thing, and Vader turns up, and and blah blah blah. So Deborah Chow and all the other writers and stuff, you can tell that they've really. Remember, we spoke about this actually. Was it last week or the week before that Kathleen Kennedy had commented that they really look to video games and other media to try and build up a bigger picture when they're doing movies and TV, you know, TV stuff. So you can tell from a mile away that they've really honed in there right, okay, let's borrow this little snippet of thing from over here, that little snippet, because that really helps the story progress and all that stuff. So yeah, dude, I really liked episode four. It was after the kind of mid, sort of pseudo mid-series break, as you put it. Um, and then we're back to uh, we're back to infiltration and stuff. So yeah. 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 And it was this one where we got the um, the the flashback to no. Reaver as a young... No, it wasn't that one? No. I think it was, was that episode five. Oh, that'd been five, yeah. Anyway, it was a it was a good episode to sort of take us into that last half oh, of the uh, of the thing. Maybe no, it wasn't. It was episode five. Cause it was after the that was sort of the last Jedi esque right. bunker right. scene, wasn't it? But <clears throat> what I liked about this was well, I saw a few people online. Can't believe Obi Wan just hid a kid under a coat, and you're sort of like, I do get that complaint, but what <laughs> else are you going to do? <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, I get well, it. Were- but what else are you going to do? You've got to get got to cross open territory with a child and there is nowhere else to go. You have a, quite literally got to do that. It was um I do well, get it, but I was just I was just like fair enough. And I loved the um to the to the force thing with the water like he was struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, he was holding and but he was still staving off the 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 um, laser block bolts with the lightsaber. And what I liked about that was that they showed him struggling because then when episode six comes around and you're like, yeah, he's, he's not struggling anymore, is he? You know, so it's, you, you I, I loved it. Again, they showed that progression. It was sort of letting him, almost turning the tap of the force mm-hmm. back on, mm-hmm. you know, and it was, he was sort of maybe 40% there at this point. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that element of it, which then led to that episode five, which was pretty much the last Jedi scene, you know, in, on crate where it's like, bad guys outside, good guys inside. What are we going to do? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Obi-Wan obviously then clocked Reaver. Um, and it was, oh, that again, that episode was just really well done. You know, it was, the flashbacks were huge in that episode. Like, um, there's absolutely no doubt that everyone just peed himself with elation <laughs> when we got that flashback to Coruscant and, 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 and that sort of retcon around why Anakin felt that he was being held back by Obi-Wan because of the the training and him not letting him become a, a Jedi and not a Padawan. And um, it was it was very, very interesting for that to take place. Um, and then, you know, it was this siege, but the, it would, the, the, the position that they'd put Anakin and Obi-Wan in, that flashback versus the current day or the current time, and just them knowing each other move for move for move for move for move. And like one of the best lines in my view in Star Wars in that, which is as soon as he knew Anakin was on his way, is like, He'll, they'll attack now, I'm going to go sort it because he's not got the patience for a siege. And like mm. no one else has got that insight into Vader. No one. And that's what makes Vader so formidable is that he will do things that no one else gets. They're not military tactics. They're just they're Anakin tactics. And there's, there's only one guy that gets it and that's Obi-Wan. And he, he proved it by beating him again it, with not even using lightsabers, you know? He just bet him with his mind and... At the end, I know we'll get to this when he when he dragged the, the you know the just uber display of force to show how powerful he was. The big callback to um, what's the video game? Forget what it's called with Galen Marek in it. You know the the one Star Killer where he pulls the the Star oh, Destroyer down. Yeah. That's it. Big callback to that you know, ragging the side mm. of the thing of the ship off like all unbelievable looking Star Wars and a, such a display of power. And then Obi Wan screws him again. And you could see, you didn't even need the face mask off. You could just see how pissed off he was from his body language. Um, very well put together. It was a shame that Tyler was like the token sacrifice. I thought that was just silly predictable, but I know why they did it to, to give Leia that inspiration and to, you know, come back to episode six and reflect back to episode one when Bail Organa says we can lead in different ways. We can fight in different ways. Um, I get why they did it, but it was just a shame. Um, but I, I thought that episode was great, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very cool. And um, yeah, just going back to what you were saying about uh, Luke, uh, sorry, um, Obi-Wan trying to escort Leia off the off the place, just hiding her under his coat or his robe, whatever. There was another part of the story like that that I thought, hold on a minute. You know when at the end of um, part three, where Obi-Wan goes out to face Vader, and it's at night, you know, this is before he drags him through the fire and stuff. There's a couple of scenes where they're out in the, just outside in the, in the desert bit. And they're standing about six feet away from each other. And Obi-Wan just vanishes. He's not using the force at this point. So this is not like a force run or a force jump or anything. All of a sudden he's like that and Vader's like that. Where'd he go? Yeah. It's like you're out in the middle. Of, there's nothing here, dude. What are you hiding behind? There's nothing. So there were, <laughs> there were a few little bits like that. I thought, hmm. That's a bit questionable. Mm. But then, you know, you have to just sort of go with it, I suppose. But yeah, I did find that odd. And the, under the coat thing as well, that was, um, I didn't hate that. It didn't bother me too much. But I did see a lot of people that were like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is now, this whole program's just falling apart now. It's like, yeah, shut up. Right, dude. Part five. Let's rattle through this one. Because this was really kind of the setup to the finale, right? So this is the bit where, this was almost like, uh, is it The Force Awakens where, they're trying to escape. Poe Dameron's like, you're doing Last a shit Jedi. job. 
The Last Jedi, was it? Sorry, yeah. Poe Dameron's like, you're doing a shit job. I'm taking control. Wait I don't really know. Are we on episode six now? We're on episode five. Are you sure? Or did we do six? Did we do six? Five's the one where he drags the... He drags the the one that we just talked about where he escapes by outsmarting him and there's a flashback to the pre-Clone Wars era. When they're on the ship no, getting chased, no. that's uh, beginning of six, isn't it? No. No. Yeah. So he does that at the end of episode three. Nah, so at the I end don't. of part three, Vader drags the ship down and then they they escape and and, and go off. No, right? that seems is too it? early. That's episode four, isn't it? Episode five even. Hmm. Are you sh- yeah, no, it might be episode four and then the tracker's on on episode five. The tracker. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, yeah, you are. You're probably right, mate. Because yeah. on episode three is one where he drags him through the fire. And yes. you got the Inquisitorious yeah, right. one. Yep. Yeah. Yep, so Tracker's on board, episode five. That's it. That's it. And then Leia goes up into the the sort of small yeah, yeah, yeah. electricity ducts to sort of, tr- yeah, 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 to get the blast doors open so that they can, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the one where he pulls, the Force Unleashed style pulls the ship down yeah. and smashes it out, yeah, yeah. And that's when the Grand yeah, Inquisitor's yeah. back and he's like, oh, look at me. Here I am. <laughs> yeah, Malcolm turns up. So are we on episode six now then? Yeah, yeah, that one where he pulls it all down is episode six and then they get away and then episode six, episode five, so and then episode six opens with that like a New Hope style chase where they get yes. blasted by uh, the ex, uh, execu- executioner, executor, whatever Vader ship's called. Uh, the executioner, yeah. So, um, okay, cool. Sorry. And yeah, this was very much like um, the story plot, wasn't it, to The Last Jedi, I think, where they're being chased by another ship, but they've only got a finite amount of fuel. They didn't charge it the night before. Tesla batteries run out. They're going to run out of fuel. And it's the same sort of thing with this. They're kind of like, look, we can't really outrun this dude for too long because something's wrong with the hyperdrive. We can't get out of here. Shields are running low. So that's when Obi-Wan has that realisation, like, okay, I've really got to sort this out now. A couple of episodes, guys. I've let this go on. I've now got to go and sort it out. So he he does the off escape pod, they manage to escape. And there's that really cool bit where the Grand Inquisitor's like, really, we should go after those guys because letting them go means that they're going to now get their shit together. That's probably going to come back and bite us in the arse at some point. Let's go and sort the rebellion out. Or like you said, the early days of the rebellion. And uh, it's typical Anakin. He's like, nope, we go after Obi-Wan. <laughs> that was very cool. And Obi-Wan knew that as well. Going back to what you were saying around Obi-Wan knew that he would just attack. This is the same kind of thing. He knows deep down that he sees him going to go off in the escape pod. He'll come after me. So you guys are going to be cool. And there was an emotional scene where he hugs Leia and says, you know, I'll see you again and stuff like that. That was all nice. And then uh, it kind of goes into the big, the big old fight scene, dude, like the fight scene, the, the lightsaber scene that we've wanted for, um, for a series on Disney Plus for ages. I know we've had some other very cool stuff that's not lightsabery stuff with the Mandalorian and Boba Fett and all that jazz. It's all good. But deep down, as a kid like us that have loved Star Wars since we were a kid, the lightsaber duels are the thing. It's like the, the main thing that when you say what's the best bit of The Phantom Menace, oh, it's that lightsaber fight with Darth Maul. And, and those, you know, so to me, dude, the choreography in this fight was... It was short, but it was epic. It was. It had like 
it had an emotional underpinning to it that wasn't just about you know all that stuff which was very cool it looked good and you can you can imagine that Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen had a blast getting back into rehearsing that and uh, and having a play with all that stuff like you saw in the behind the scenes in the Phantom Menace that was all very cool but the underpinning was and really that hit me in the heart this bit when Obi-Wan launches at him and like strikes him across the mask and you see his face and Obi-Wan sees him as Anakin again so back in when he first confronts him uh, early on uh, Obi-Wan didn't really see his true face um so when Obi-Wan views him as Anakin and not as and not as Vader he's just starts that's it he's done emotionally he's like and we all were I was I was like shit this is really tugging at the old heartstrings and uh and uh, for me, the best bit about that whole fight was that bit where Obi-Wan's like, is there a chance I can still save him? Is there a slight little glimpse of something here? Because I can see his face. He's not all gone. And then it just gets crushed. As soon as you have that thought, he's then, you know, you didn't fail me. You know, you didn't kill Anakin. I did. Like, I'm fully committed, 100% all in as Darth Vader. And Obi-Wan's just like, well, screw it then. You know, that's it then. See you later. So, lightsaber fight, dude. Yay or nay on this one? I thought this was epic, dude. Oh, there's tons to unpack on this as well. You know, it it, it started with the same moves from that flashback, I'm almost sure, and which were the same moves as Mustafar. Mm -hmm. But then Anakin saying to him, you know, this is why you'll never win because you show mercy. And then this time Obi-Wan being like, Ain't no fucking mercy, you know? And and I think it was after he got buried, you know, and it, there's a lot that goes with this. And, you know, he gets overpowered to a degree. Um, Anakin uses some underhand tactics big time, you know, pulling the rocks out from underneath him with the force, like some amazingly good stuff. You know, that, I mean, that force, display of force that he had with Reaver in the previous episode, stopping a lightsaber and just being this cocky little shit. Some brilliant stuff there from a Star Wars lightsaber perspective. More of that in this, and Anakin almost playing over cocky and then thinking that he's won. Um, and I think Obi Wan just generally having his stance back, you know, he had his that whole arm over the head stance. Um, up to the point that he got buried, and you know, Anakin had the sort of tongue in cheek high ground. We're all like, oh, fucking hell, finally. Um, <laughs> and I'd just the, then the change, you know, that that Obi-Wan's there holding the rocks back with the force. He's got a choice. This is it. It'll be pretty instantaneous if he lets it go. He probably won't be in too much pain. He'll just die. That'll be it. It's done. Finished. The fight's done. Or we just see these kids. The two last vestiges of Anakin and the, the sort of only mission that's left apart from trying to commune with Qui-Gon and just you know that is just him back at full force you know now he's finally got something else to live for because he's seen Anakin's alive you know he has seen what Anakin can do and he's willing to do and he knows that if he lets that happen then Reva will tell him because he, he felt it didn't he, he felt Luke on the on the, the transport knew she was in danger uh, knew he was in danger, felt that, and just that just brought him back to full strength. You know, it's, it's it's what any paternal instinct would be. You know, 
blasts out unbelievable like total display of force power that I don't even think we've ever seen from him um, and then just beats the absolute shit out of him and <laughs> just complete no mercy like goes for the breather straight away goes for the arms goes for the legs um, goes straight through the mask you know un just relentlessly when he lifts the rocks up and he's just battering them he's one of the best scenes I've ever seen in Star Wars Um and it's just relentless, merciless, until he sees the eyes, which weren't yellow Sith eyes. They were just Anakin's eyes. And I think at that point, you know, that, that Anakin, I'm so sorry for all of it. Like, like you just had grown men weeping. I've got absolutely no doubt at that because it brought the f everything full circle. And you could see when Anakin, as you said, said, I'm not your failure. He's arrogant. I'm not your failure. You can't claim this. You know, I can chose this even though he clearly has got so much regret and you can see it in him and you can feel it in his acting. Um, you know, you can just see the relief, even though he's in tears and he's really upset, you can see the relief on Obi-Wan's face, that whole, well, that guilt's now gone. And that's what the story for me was about, is shifting that burden and just giving him some peace so he can actually carry on living. And... Um, it was just exceptionally well done. And we know in canon he can't kill him. But even the story beat of that's still Anakin, you know, Anakin's mm. actually dead. And I think it, they tried to tie a lot up with his last 10 minutes as well. Like in that case, my friend is truly, truly dead, Darth. And you're like, why the fuck did Alec Guinness call him Darth in New Hope? Sort of a bit of taunting. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not calling him Vader. He's not calling him the power name. He's calling him, like, the title. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Okay, officer, you can crack <laughs> on. You know, it's... There was just so much with that and and um, the context that it then adds to... He was killed by a young apprentice named Darth Vader. You know, it, it they clearly went through all the problems that the Revenge of the Sith had created with A New Hope and just went, check, 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 <laughs> check. But it was it was done pretty elegantly, um, and you know to hyperspace that quickly back to Luke, um, and, and 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 you know that whole Reaver thing going on. Yeah, you know it was it wasn't it wasn't fast paced. It wasn't super climactic, but it was it like you said earlier, nailed it. It shadowed Vader's journey, but she didn't make that final choice. Mm. You know she she backed away when when she had that flash of Anakin doing what she was about to do all those years ago. So it was pretty well done. Um, it was just very well done, man. I think it adds so much to those characters and it ties the trilogies together. I think the way that it was, um, the way that he then went to see Leia and like the most, one of the most touching things ever in Star Wars. Like, again, absolutely wet through when he's, he's delivering that, speech about her parents and you're just like he's really accepted <laughs> yeah and he's just genuinely accepted that these people are dead and even though Vader's alive that's not Anakin anymore um, mm. and just for him to embrace that and to say such good things about Anakin after everything that he's done I think it just shows that strength of character mm. that Obi-Wan's got he was back to being his negotiator the diplomat the optimist um and it was yeah it was interesting man so i really enjoyed that part of it and then obviously the 
the bit with Luke at the end. Do you want to meet him? I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I <laughs> said to Sam, I was like, I am willing to put the deeds of the house on this line coming out next. And then <laughs> obviously he rocks up and obviously it does come out next and he delivers the famous, you know, hello there. And you're just like, yeah, that'll fucking do. <laughs> that'll do. <laughs> that was perfect as well. That was it perfect. Really was. Yeah. And just seeing him smile, like just see after all of it, seeing Obi-Wan smile when you, you know, what you're going to do first, you know, what, what do you think, what do you think I should do later? think you should sleep you know just to see the natural laugh and then the smile to Luke you're just like mm-hmm. okay he's peaceful he's at peace mm. yeah that was amazing yeah and just very quickly to finish up on them before we round out this episode is the thing that we all wanted to happen but we didn't quite know and they kept it under wraps fair play to them this wasn't leaked this bit so that was uh that was all good but we finally got the the reply at the other end. So this, uh, so Obi-Wan has been meditating a lot on Tatooine. We've seen that in the book, Kenobi. He does that a lot. Sort of, I think between every chapter or between every couple of chapters, there's like a little short section where um, Obi-Wan is meditating and he's trying to commune with Qui-Gon through, through the Force and he's never getting anything back. They kind of stole that in a good way and done it here. And at the end, we have Liam Neeson back as Qui-Gon and this it was just a lovely way to round it out because it was interesting that they didn't bring him into the series before because you kind of thought, oh, he's just not getting it. He's not getting the... Yoda's probably tried to teach him as best he could in like five minutes before he buggered off to Dagobah, you know, and he went to Tatooine with Luke. That clearly wasn't enough. He's not getting it. At the very end, Qui-Gon drops the bomb. He's like, well, I've been here the whole time. You just weren't ready to see me yet. You know, I think he was saying that you had to go through this to reconnect with the force and get your mojo back. Now that you have, now that you have, now we can commune, you know, and all that stuff. So I it's thought that was a that. lovely way to end it off. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Man. I think that the, the, the thing that Qui-Gon's always been about is peace. You know, you get a, 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 a plasma shield in front of you and the first Sith you've seen in a thousand years. And for five seconds, what do you do? You sit down and you meditate. Like that's Qui Gon, so to, for him to find the peace, which then you know the, the the peace is the thing I think that catalyzes it and and just get rid rid the the burden of the guilt. Um, similar to Luke in Last Jedi, like it or loathe it, you know he was at peace with the decisions that he made, and that's why he could return and he could be so strong in the Force thereafter. Yoda, so much at peace with everything. Um, so I think it was that was the story of the the, the shift in the burden, um, and I, I think it showed as well. You know, when you put it against the Emperor, you know, bringing McDermott back, which I thought was a lovely little touch. Like McDermott just still looks great in it and just delivers it really well. And he's sort of, you know, listen, you had your shot. It's time to let it go because if you don't, how can I ever trust you? And Vader's like, yeah, 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 fuck it, he's nothing. We're done. We're finished with Obi Wan. So even if they don't do a second season. It's, it's 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 you can see why Vader doesn't pursue Obi Wan because mm-hmm. he's sort of worried about what the Emperor will do to him if he finds out, um, and that kind of juxtaposition juxtaposition records against of, of of Anakin being locked into this relationship into this just dire straits with the Emperor that manipulation versus Obi Wan finding that peace and being led into his new home and you know through the canyon which I'm sure was sure was out of the pod racing circuit. 
through the canyon to find the hut past the dune sea um and to sort of go on to that spiritual exploration was just a really nice duality mm-hmm. you know it really mm-hmm. embodied that light and dark of the force which i thought was really interesting it certainly was dude yeah i forgot about the um the emperor the ian mcdermott little cameo there that was cool and he looks bang on as well like all of these people they just he look does. they all look so cool still so oh, yeah. right um Okay, I'm glad that we've time-boxed this dude because I could hunker down, order pizza, and talk about this for, for hours. So we'll we'll dive into some of the specific things from each episode, like we said, over the next couple of weeks maybe, and, and really dive into some of that interconnectivity and, and all that jazz. But um, what would you give the series as a whole out of 10? I would give it as one story. So if this is a book, like no one ever goes, that chapter was shit. They say that book was good or that was shit. Do you know what I mean? So I'm rating it like that. I think it had some challenges in, like you say, in the pacing. But overall, I would give it, I would give it a very strong eight and a half, maybe even a nine. Yeah, that is strong. Nice. Yeah, I would give it, I'd give it an eight or an eight and a half, I think, out of ten. I think it was really strong. More so, more than taking away all the fancy lightsaber fights and, and all that stuff. Really, just the character progression that we've seen loads of times in in books and comics and stuff that's explored all that stuff to actually see it play out between these guys and the two actors from the prequels and coming back and oh it's all it's all deep stuff man it's all great so yeah so an eight and a half slash nine ish out of ten then that's a that's a strong score and i think we'll wrap there do then for our review of obi-wan kenobi and episode 160 That was good, dude. Good to uh, to get my thoughts because I can only talk to Nat so much about this stuff. <laughs> After about two minutes, she's like, I love that you love it, but I really don't give a shit. So when you're next on with Mark, save it for that, yeah. Save it for you that. You do so. it. You do it. Yeah, Sam's a bit like that. She does love it, though, to be fair. But uh, before we wrap up as well, I want to give a bit of a shout out to some of the Star Wars lovers over on Twitter. We asked for some predictions, didn't we? Hmm. What are we going to see in the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi? So we've actually put some links to those. We've got some tweets from Mike Morrison who uh, suggested that we might get a cameo or two there. We've got Chris Ducker predicting a very famous line. Andy Henry uh, predicting something that sadly we didn't see, but that would have been pretty badass. We've got Jason Stevens with two or three predictions. And Drew and Danny Brown that give their own reviews as well. So we put some links into into those tweets over in the show notes as well because we think there's a lot to discuss on this and we aren't done with this. We will talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi before the next few weeks. I've got absolutely no doubt because there is so much more to unpack on that one. But for now, do check those tweets out and just tell us, give us a little, you know, give, just just reply to the tweets that we've put in the, in the show notes. Do you agree? Did you get what you thought? Did you not? Let us know what you think. They are in the show notes. But guys, yeah, Brilliant to talk about it, dude. Can't wait to carry on next week, uh, going to some more specifics. And yeah, just loved it, dude. So always good to chat, man. Always good, good, good. And thank you so much, you, the Star Wars Spark of Rebellion listener, for coming back and listening to another week. If this is the first time that you're listening to our show, then welcome aboard. It's good to have you here. And for the long-time listener, welcome back. 
it's great to have you here as well so remember to follow and subscribe on your fave podcast app head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen and uh, you won't miss an episode when it lands every single Saturday and uh, once again thank you to our patrons we love you guys thank you much for your continued support and until next time next week 100, episode 161 take care of yourself and may the force be with you always he hasn't got the patience for episode 161